Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Strive Stronger podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and we amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. In this Bite Size Edition from episode number five, nutritionist Kelsey Hutton gives us five helpful tips on simple things to do and not to do when it comes to deciding what you eat and drink. Making small changes to your diet will help achieve big results over time. I know this firsthand. A couple of simple habits that I've integrated, including fasting, the performance plate, uh, dialing back alcohol has made a massive difference to my body fat over the years, and I teach this with clients as well. It can be really complex with nutrition, and what I like about Kelsey's approach is she gives science-based tips, but they're very practical, and they are very tactical, that you can fit into your life very, very easily. Kels, what should we not do when it comes to nutrition? Because I'll be honest, I studied nutritionist many years ago. You were probably just starting school, Kels. But it's changed so much and there's so much myth information, isn't there? So help us out. What not to do to start? All right. So we have three things. Number one, avoid all or nothing thinking. Number two, don't go solo. And number three, don't overdo it on the liquid calories. All or nothing thinking. I doubt you'd have people who would go on the roller coaster diet, right? Go from drinking all weekend, eating rubbish, yellow processed foods to macro vegan and bouncing back again. Who does that this day and age? <laughs> so Look, there are so, yeah, there's so many diets out there. There's so many supplements out there. And especially with social media now, there is so much information that people can easily access about nutrition. But what that means is that there's a lot of bad information out there too. And also a lot of really personal information when it comes to diets and nutrition. So I see this a lot on social media. People post their transformation pictures and say, you know, this is what worked for me. So if you want to look like me, this is what you should be doing. But we know that we're all different. We're all unique. So that doesn't always work. And what I find is that a lot of the clients that come to me wanting to eat healthier have actually, I always ask the question, what have you tried in the past? And most people have gone on that roller coaster, as you said, that they've tried so many different diets and they're at a point of frustration where they feel like none of that has actually worked for them in the long term and now they need that support. So the reason why these diets don't work is that they often have that all or nothing approach. Jump in 110% into this diet, cut out this, this, this and this food. Don't go out and socialize because you won't be able to stick to your diet and it makes it really hard for people to stick to. It's getting out of the mindset of a diet, isn't it? Like you don't go on a diet. It should be a healthy eating plan. And I know what you do and I know what we try and do as well is to give people support. So that's a nice link to number two. Don't go solo. Because so many people do this, right? They think, oh, I've read something. I listened to a podcast. I know now how to manage the change for my diet, even though I've been eating a different way for the past 30 plus years. Exactly. Person that they listened to on the podcast that said that they did this, this, and this with their diet, it doesn't factor in all the other things to do with their lifestyle and why that actually worked for them. And so just trying to go and implement that yourself doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. You've got your own other things going on in your life, which all ties in and it all relates with our nutrition. We need to look at it from that very holistic approach. So when you do go out and you get support from somebody like a nutritionist or a dietitian, they can actually help take all those principles of healthy eating and then apply that into your lifestyle and how it's actually going to fit in with what you do. I say to a lot of our executive clients, Kels, and our senior leaders, 
if you want to manage your money, you'll get a financial planner. If you are going to do a legal contract, you get a lawyer. So why would you not in your personal board or your team of advisors have a nutritionist, have an exercise physiologist? And I find a, a number of CEOs that Dr. Tom Buckley and I work with behind the scenes, we're seeing a lot more information that a lot of execs have now, and they are putting people like you on their personal board. So I totally agree with that. If you want to get the best out of the billions, with a B, of cells in your body, don't go solo. Get expert advice. Get someone who's going to help you to put the right information in. And get someone like Kels, who's going to help you with an expert to maybe dial back the alcohol. Is that what you mean with liquid calories? Yes, definitely number one is the alcohol intake. When we talk liquid calories, people often forget that when it's a liquid, it does contain calories. So that's energy that can lead to, you know, gaining weight if we're overdoing it on those liquid calories because they don't fill us up as much as food does. So it is really easy to overdo it. And especially with those uh, busy people that we work with, alcohol is something that does come into their diets quite regularly. Yeah, but Kelsey, I'm busy and I've I've got to go out and sell. You don't understand. If I don't have alcohol at lunch or go out to dinners, I'm not going to grow my sales pipeline. We had someone say this to us regularly and I said, look, if your sales technique is that bad that you need to get people drunk, you need to look at a different way of selling. But how, how do you get that across when you're having a conversation with someone who is really pushing back on cutting back the alcohol? Because we, we could wax lyrical for hours on the benefits of introducing four or five alcohol-free days. How do you go about trying to convince someone to dial back a little bit on the booze? Look, it all depends on the individual, but I think we have to really get realistic about what is your goal. This is what are the things that are preventing you from being able to achieve that goal. And nine times out of 10, alcohol is not something that's actually helping us to achieve those goals. It is something that is a hindrance or it's a negative. And even just having, as you said, a couple of those alcohol-free days in the week can be a good place to start. We all need to start somewhere. It's not about saying, okay, cut the alcohol completely, go cold turkey from tomorrow. But let's just start to dial it back and see how you feel. You don't know how good you can feel until you give it a go. And liquid calories, do you put fruit juice in there? Other or soft drinks obviously is not a part of any performance nutrition plan, but where does fruit juice sit in this? Fruit juice absolutely sits in the liquid calories category. I think the um, perception is that fruit juice is healthy. It's from fruit. But if we think about how much fruit actually goes into making one cup of juice, that is a lot of sugar. You know, if you've ever made orange juice at home yourself, you know that to make one cup of orange juice, it takes about 10 oranges. So we get all the water and the sugar from 10 oranges, but we don't get the fiber, the beneficial stuff for our gut health. So would we sit down and eat 10 oranges in one sitting? Probably not. That's why fruit juice sits in our liquid calorie category. And the other one is coffee. That's a massive one for busy people that are working. Coffee itself doesn't contain energy or a lot of energy in it, whereas once we start to add in the syrups, the sugars, the milks, that's where it starts to add up. So if you're listening to this and you still want to have coffee, and I enjoy having a few a day, Kels, I've gone to the piccolo. Some of my friends laugh at me and go, it's such a little baby coffee. Like you're paying the same amount for that. But it's a, you still get the caffeine shot, but you get a lot less calories from the milk. So that's a good option, right? Or just maybe go a black coffee. Yeah, I find the piccolo is a great halfway option for people that maybe aren't into the black coffee. It is a good option there. So, Kels, when you've got that cleaned up, what not to do, what do you do? What's next? Okay, these are the three key things to do. Number one, focus on addition, not subtraction. Two, planning is key 
And number three, use your performance plate. Okay, I get two and three, but I didn't realise we were going to have a maths lesson today as well. <laughs> Addition, not subtraction. Explain. We often approach healthy eating with a negative mindset. So it's all about what do I have to cut out? I'm going on this diet. It feels very restrictive. That is not a great mindset to be in for a long period of time. It makes sense that we're going to fall off the wagon eventually if that's how we're approaching our diet. But instead of thinking restriction, 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 instead try what can I actually add into my day that is going to make me feel better, make me feel full and satisfied and add those beneficial nutrients into my day. You have less room to think about what you have to cut out. Naturally, you just have less space to consume those other foods when our focus is on what can I add in. Awesome. So what would you add in to start with? The number one is plant-based foods, particularly vegetables. So plant-based foods is anything that's a plant. So it's your legumes, chickpeas, beans, lentils, nuts, seeds, fruit, vegetables, and also your whole grains. But the number one of that category of plant-based foods is vegetables. That's what I see most people are not consuming nearly enough of. We often uh, talk about the two and five. Most people will be familiar with that. So you two fruit, five vegetables each day. But 95% of Australian adults are not eating five serves of vegetables a day. So it is a little bit harder to get to five servings than people actually think. And, and a serving of vegetables, let's just explain that because I have some mainly male clients who go, yeah, yeah, I had most servings of vegetables. I had a beautiful uh, medium rare eye fillet and I had a little piece of cauliflower and I had two snow peas and I think I had two slices of carrot. There's three servings of veggies, right? <laughs> yep. Three different veggies on your plate doesn't actually mean that's three servings. So what is a serving size of vegetables? If we're talking salad, it is like a full cup, a measuring cup of salad. If it's cooked vegetables, half a cup. The difference there is just that when it's cooked, the volume becomes a little bit smaller. So half a cup cooked, one full cup of salad. Or if we want to think about it in different terms, even, you know, one medium carrot or a couple of florets of broccoli. So what would kind of fit into a handful? That would be one serving of vegetables. And what we need people to do more is planning. And I, f I found this recently. Now we're back to some live events. And I've been up in the Hunter Valley you know, every week for four or five weeks. And the first week was so exciting because I had a live audience again. I was so excited. But then I had no snacks, protein snacks that I normally take with me. And it really got me to think again, oh, now we are back to traveling again. Even if you're just at home, planning is key, right? So week two, I made sure I had some protein snacks because when you get hungry and tired, that's when you often eat the high sugar, high processed, high carb foods. So what do you tell people to do in relation to planning? I always tell people that meal planning at the beginning of the week is a really easy and underrated strategy when it comes to healthy eating. So as you said, we're all busy people now that everything's opened back up after all our COVID lockdowns, out and about, we're not next to our kitchen working all day. We don't have that easy access into our fridge or our cupboard just to grab food whenever we feel like it. So what usually happens if you go for long periods of time without food because maybe, you know, you're busy working, you didn't have access to it, we get to that next meal, we feel absolutely starving. We're less likely to choose the healthy option. When we're hungry, what our body wants is that quick, easy, accessible energy. And that's where we get those cravings for the takeaway foods or the higher sugar foods. And if we want to eat healthy, 
those aren't the ideal options to be choosing from. So when we talk planning, I even suggest planning your breakfast, your snacks, lunches, and also dinners. And what that means is that you will go out grocery shopping, you'll buy everything that you need, it's in the house, you know that you need to pack that into your bag for your day of work, and then you'll head out and you have everything there that you need and you're not going to be going those long periods of time without food and then end up eating potentially the less healthy options. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And performance plate, if you're eating your bulk as vegetables, lean protein, some good fats and performance carbs, you don't really need to have the sugary snacks and you're not going on a roller coaster either. I've jumped right into it. So talk to us. What's the performance plate? It's actually just a really easy place to start when we think about healthy eating. So it's a framework for each of your main meals. Imagine a dinner plate. You're going to divide that into half and then on one half, divide that again into quarters. So what we're going to fill in each of those sections of your plate, one quarter filled with protein, one quarter filled with what we call the performance carbs and half the plate filled up with veggies or salad. And it is, we get people all the time, don't we, saying, gosh, when I do that, I realise when I go out to dinner, I fill up my plate with meat. I've got a couple of tiny little bits of veggies, like the example I used before. Uh, and good fats, we want to make sure people get some good fats. So what's an example of good fats you would put with, with meals? That's just that little portion in the middle of the performance plate. We don't need as large a portion of our healthy fats because they are energy dense, but they're also nutrient dense. So we get lots of benefits from a small portion. So your good healthy fats is avocado, any nuts and seeds, and extra virgin olive oil, particularly in terms of oil of choice for cooking. And also your fatty fish like salmon and tuna do contain those good healthy fats, and they also double as a protein as well. Hey, it's Andrew, and we hope you enjoyed that episode. We would really appreciate it if you helped us amplify the Strive Stronger with Andrew May podcast by sharing episodes with colleagues and friends and going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help us get this message out to a wider audience. And if you would like to know more about how Strive Stronger uplifts teams through optimizing human performance and well-being, make sure you check out strivestronger.com. And if you'd like to know more about my personal practice, focusing on all things human performance, go to andrewmade.com where you can explore the books I have written, including MatchFit, which has now sold over 85,000 copies, or book me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite. Or if you'd like to really turbocharge your business and personal success and wake up to a better way of living, working and leading, check out my brand new evidence-based Human Performance Academy that starts in July. I'm really, really looking forward to getting that going. And if you'd like to receive regular updates from me each month, make sure you subscribe to my monthly e-newsletter, the AM edition. 